Good morning and welcome to the internet's only live daily housing show exclusively here on BAM. The hot sheet covers what you need to know about the real estate industry in a 24-hour time period. On today's hot sheet, I discuss the, there you go, state for business, CoreLogic Home Price Index and Boston's tax break proposal for office conversation, uh, conversions rather. Today is Tuesday, July 11, 2023. I'm Byron Lazine and the hot sheet starts now. All right, and welcome back to the hot sheet here on this Tuesday. Let me know in the live chat which market you are tuning in from. Ruthie from Las Vegas and Jody from Oklahoma City. How's it going? We've got uh, a whole bunch of states here to go through at the top of the show. CNBC just released America's top states for business in 2023. We've got the full rankings. We're going to go through all of them. All right. To rank America's top states for 2023, CNBC scored all 50 states on 86 metrics in 10 broad categories of competitiveness. Each category is weighed based on how frequently states use them as a selling point in economic development marketing materials. That way, our study ranks the states based on the attributes they use to sell themselves. I, I believe every state should be the Nick Saban of their operation. Nick Saban, the great football coach down in Alabama is one of the best recruiters. That's why the best team year in and year out, every single state governor should be thinking along the same way. Some of these states that have lost migration out tend to say, well, it's not that big of a deal. We have a huge population and some years we're going to lose them. But when it becomes a pattern, it becomes concerning. It becomes concerning for the taxpayers that are still in that state carrying more of the burden, especially if that state budget continues to go up and not decrease after outbound migration leaves. We're going to look at a correlation between these top business states and migration as well, which this study does not do, but we're going to do that here on the hot sheet. All right. So CNBC developed their criteria metrics in uh, consultation with a diverse array of business and policy experts and the states themselves. Our study is not an opinion survey okay we use data from a variety of sources to measure the state's performance under their methodology states can earn a maximum of 20 hot 500 points and the states with the most are america's top for business and so number one let's go right into the list here number one coming in is north carolina they've got the number one uh, also for the overall rank, but also for the workforce ranking, number three in economy and number six, access to capital, number six for tech and innovation, number seven for education. Their lowest rank as the number one overall state was life, health and inclusion, where they came in at number 34. Virginia is number two on the overall rank and Tennessee comes in number three on the overall states, followed by Georgia and Minnesota for the top five. In the top 10, you have Texas, Washington, Florida, and uh, Utah and Michigan. Okay, so there's your top 10 uh, right in front of you. Of course, uh, we'll link everything, all of our sources and, and all of our charts later today will be in BAMX for the daily download. Just sign up there to become a better agent and uh, get access to everything we have on this show. All right, so there's your top 10. Now I wanna take a moment here to switch over uh, to 
the migration and see where we have some patterns. Where did, for example, North Carolina come in at the number one state for business, according to CNBC, on inbound migration? We start, we have 2022's numbers from NAR, so let's take a look at that. North Carolina sits at number three on the list. Interestingly enough, Florida and Texas, also both in the top 10 for business, are the top three for inbound migration. Okay, so Florida uh, had the leader for 2022 for domestic net migration, 318,000 plus, 1.9% population change. It's a big number for a big state. Texas, uh, obviously 230,000. And then North Carolina. Okay, South Carolina. Didn't see them on the top 10 list for business, but we did see Tennessee and Georgia. All right, so we're starting to see a pattern. Five out of the top six states that experienced inbound migration were also top for business. Okay, so South Carolina was not in the top for business, uh, and neither was Arizona. Okay, so, so now we've got a top seven. But South Carolina and Arizona, what do they have in common? They have in common that you will see retirees move to both of those locations. Okay, think about Myrtle Beach, South Carolina. Think about uh, even the Charleston area. You do have retirees moving there, and you certainly have a lot of retirees moving to Arizona. So those two states don't have to be robust in business to experience a high inbound migration. Uh, but where the business opportunities are, where the future opportunities are, or where people are going to move. And you see a direct pattern here with the best in business and this inbound migration, Florida, Texas, North Carolina, Tennessee, and Georgia, all being in the top 10 for business, also now in the top seven, top six rather, for inbound migration. It makes sense. People vote with their feet to round out the top 10 on migration. You have Idaho, Alabama, Oklahoma, also not on the list for uh, the business study that just came out this morning from CNBC. Let's take a look at uh, the rest of the list here. And, and let's take a look at actually uh, an outlier, for example, Minnesota. Let's go back to the top 10 real quick. Minnesota in the top 10 for the business, okay? Um, if we go uh, some of their stuff here, doing cost of business, they're high, 39. Tech and innovation, they're, they're number four. Uh, cost of living, they're number 17. But Minnesota was pretty far down the list. They were one of the states that lost migration. So they're an outlier in the top 10. They're uh, one of the states CNBC's ranked very highly for business, yet they lost almost 20,000 residents in uh, in 2022. All right, let's take a look at the rest of the top business states. Uh, 11 through 20 would be Colorado, Ohio, Indiana, Arizona, Massachusetts, Pennsylvania, Illinois, Delaware, New Jersey, New York, 21 through 30, Oregon, Maryland, Iowa, Kansas, California, Idaho, South Carolina. So South Carolina, look at how high they were on inbound migration. They fall on uh, at 27 for top business states. Nebraska, Vermont, and Nevada for the top 30. Uh, starting at 31, Connecticut, Missouri, Wisconsin, South Dakota, Mon Montana, North Dakota, Wyoming, Kentucky, Maine, and then uh, New Hampshire starts off at 40 with Oklahoma, Alabama, New Mexico, Alabama was in the top five for inbound migration. Uh, they got, they got a, 
Good deals on the real estate in Alabama. All right, that's what I know about them. Arkansas, 44. Rhode Island, 45. West Virginia, Hawaii, Mississippi, and Louisiana, followed by Alaska for your top 50 business states. Let me know in the live chat if any of these, if any of these stand out to you. Um, again, I thought Minnesota was interesting, being very high on the business list, uh, coming in at number five, yet they're at the bottom third for inbound migration. North Carolina, Virginia makes sense. The DC, uh, you know, neighboring communities, Tennessee, Georgia, Texas, Florida, all of those states make a lot of sense because they have huge inbound migration. We we did a, um, when we were looking at jobs just recently within the last couple of weeks here on the live stream, we saw that uh, those Southern states, those Sunbelt states made up the majority of new jobs right now. So people are moving where the opportunities are businesses and corporations are also moving where those opportunities are and it's and there is a lot of correlation reflective in the migration and these business studies we'll go through some of these um categories here workforce north carolina texas arizona delaware washington make up the top five infrastructure would be georgia illinois tennessee minnesota and uh, indiana so we're just doing top five of these specific categories right now Economy would be Florida, number one, Texas, number two, North Carolina, Georgia, Tennessee, number five. Look at that correlation. Okay, you've got all five of those, Florida, Texas, North Carolina, Georgia, Tennessee, are also in the top six for inbound migration. That is the biggest indicator of how people will vote with their feet, will move to locations where they see opportunity. What's the most important to somebody when they're moving? Oftentimes it's that list right there. It's economy and Florida, Texas, North Carolina, Georgia, Tennessee coming in at one through five on economy. And they're all in the top six for inbound migration, life, health, and inclusion. Uh, the top five would be Vermont, Maine, New Jersey, Minnesota, and Hawaii. Cost of doing business, West Virginia would come in at number one. Uh, Missouri, Oklahoma, Ohio, and Indiana would be the top five there. Tech and innovation, Massachusetts, California, Washington, Minnesota, and New York. We, first time we've mentioned New York here. Uh, business friendliness, North Dakota, South Dakota, Wyoming, Montana, and New Hampshire. If you've ever watched uh, Yellowstone, I, Montana doing business in... Uh, Montana doesn't seem very friendly if you've ever watched that show, but maybe that's just a certain kind of business. Education, you've got Virginia, Illinois, Mass, New Jersey, and Tennessee in the top five for education. Uh, so there's there's the top five for that category. Access to capital would be Texas, California, Massachusetts, Virginia, and Ohio. All of that makes sense to me on uh, on access to capital. And then cost of living. Uh, this is one that could, uh, you know, bring people away from your state. Cost of living, Iowa, uh, Kansas, Ohio, Indiana, Oklahoma. So that's the bent. That's the good side, right? That's one through five cost of living. Let's go down to the bottom here. Actually, I can just refresh at the top. Let's go cost of living the other way. Uh, worst, Hawaii, California, Oregon, Massachusetts, and New York. And we know that if we go to right? Cost of living is another reason people leave. 
you, you see New York and California, obviously, as the bottom two states that have lost the most, Massachusetts is also there in the bottom uh, five. So big correlations between the migration and these economy studies and cost of living. You know, what am I going to get? What kind of opportunities am I going to get as a resident in which state? All right. Uh, CoreLogic just came out with their home price insights for July 2023. Home prices nationwide, including distressed sales, increased year over year by 1.4% in May 2023 compared with May 2022. On a month over month basis, home prices increased 0.9% in May 2023 compared with April 2023. Uh, so these revisions with public records data, data are standard and ensure accuracy. Correlate Logic incorporates the newly rele released public data to provide updated results. CoreLogic um, says that they have a 95% accuracy on this HBI housing uh, price index. Okay, so the CoreLogic HPI, uh, the trademark, trademarked obviously to CoreLogic, uh, but they, they have a 95% accuracy. We know, if you were listening to the stream the last couple of weeks, we know that uh, Case Schiller in April had uh, the, the nation year over year down negative 0.2%. So CoreLogic, uh, this is their July insights, but it's through May of 2024. So they're really a month ahead of Case Schiller. Uh, is saying that year over year, we are up 1.4%. So you have a, uh, you know, this is April number for Case Shiller, now May number for um, CoreLogic. You have a 1.6% difference. CoreLogic has us up 1.4%, while uh, Case Shiller had us down 0.2% year over year in May. Month over month, we're up 0.9%, according to CoreLogic's data. And the forecast for next month, would be up 1% for this next month. And then they're forecasting that next month, we're going to be up 4.5% year over year. They're definitely on the high side of year over year forecasts that I have seen. Okay, so 4.5% uh, would be May 2023 to May 2024. That's their forecast right now. That's what they're projecting. So they, they believe in the next 30 days, we're going to have some hot data coming in on uh, the increase of home prices. Case Shiller, of course, has been re, uh, releasing month over month for the last three months, home price increases as well. These slides are absolutely available for you down below in BAMX, where we put all of the daily downloads for the hot sheet in one place. If you're not on BAMX yet, get there, join me in the live streams, the, the masterminds, the courses, all of this, uh, where you can become a better agent, one click into BAMX. I'd uh, love to see you in there. Nationally, home prices increased 1.4% year over year. Uh, obviously, in May, like we said, Arizona, California, Colorado, Idaho, Montana, Nevada, New York, Oregon, South Dakota, Utah, Washington, and the District of Columbia, not technically a state, but they put it in there anyways, saw annual declines in home prices. So that's where you saw annual declines in home prices. The states with the highest increases year over year happen to be Maine, New Jersey, and Indiana, 7.2%, 71 and 6.9%. Uh, respectively. And so there's the chart there of who's up and who's down across the U.S. year over year, according to CoreLogic, reflective of most of the forecasters showing us that the West uh, has taken the biggest hit <clears throat> on year over year home prices. 
Here are the top 10 metros that are tracked by CoreLogic for year-over-year -year prices, Miami being up 11.8%, top 10 in business, according to today's CNBC's numbers, also in the number one state for uh, inbound migration. Makes sense. Houston up 3.1%. Th They're in the top 10 of both of those categories, okay? Uh, some of the big states that were down happen to be in, or cities rather, that happen to be uh, in the West, of course. Phoenix, 5.5% down. San Diego, 25 LA down 3.1%. Las Vegas down 5.5%. Denver down 3.6%. But Chicago's up 3.8%. Washington, D.C. up 0.7%. So uh, just Washington, D.C. different than, than uh, District of Columbia, I guess. Um, because they had deep, what they have the district of Columbia, uh, they had it down here and then now, now they're showing it, uh, up 0.7%. Interesting there. Boston up 0.5% year over year Metro. So Metro area may be, uh, defined a little bit differently, taking in some of the, uh, suburbs into effect. This is unchanged from last, last month when CoreLogic came out with the information, the top markets at risk. Of a home price decline would be Provo, Utah, uh, Lakeland, Florida, uh, Northport, Sarasota, Bradenton area, Cape Coral, Fort Myers area, and Port St. Lucie. So CoreLogic down on some of these metro areas in Florida. They've got four in the top five for markets at risk of a home price decline. All those slides are available. Just uh, jump into the BAMX community and you get access one place to all of our daily downloads each and every single day whether you're on the live stream or not boston speaking of boston they have a mayor who might actually get it what i've been talking about for weeks starting to incentivize the top developers to try to make uh, an opportunity try to make some uh, opportunities for inventory and potentially affordable housing boston mayor Michelle Wu is pr proposing to give downtown office building owners a property tax break of up to 75% over a 29-year period to convert their properties into apartments or condos. The move is meant to help revitalize a neighborhood hit hard by the emptying out of office offices in the wake of the pandemic. While city officials first stressed the importance of office conversions to downtown's recovery more than a year ago. The initiative marks the first time they have put forward financial incentives to make the changeovers a reality. Okay, so it's, they want to revitalize a neighborhood hit hard by emptying out of offices in the wake of the pandemic. Listen, we know that this emptying out of office buildings is not just going to be a thing that was like, okay, we had a pandemic and it's going to be a thing that continues. Okay. This, this work from home mentality uh, is not going away. Uh, not saying that that's good or bad. Not saying people get more done at home. Uh, I think a select few can, but it's very debatable on, on how much value uh, employees work from home, you know, are providing to the company, whole nother discussion. Okay. Uh, but, but the mentality around this, isn't going to go away. I hear a lot of uh, even friends that work in New York City, they're on these hybrid schedules, two, three days in the office. And when, and he, here's what ultimately happens. The more that this culture starts to seep into organizations, when the, the, the organization, when the company's lease is due, 
they're going to have to make a decision. Do we want to extend this office or not? Do we want to have an office? Do we want to have a smaller office maybe, or, or an office at all? And, and, um, and at the same time that they're making those decisions on these leases over the next two, three, four years, the buildings themselves, the, the investors in these commercial office buildings are going to have to make decisions on refinancing the property. We know that there are trillions of dollars coming due over the next couple of years on the loans that are held by mostly regional banks on these office buildings. Okay. And so it's not just some, uh, you know, from neighborhoods that were hit hard by the pandemic. It's a lot of neighborhoods in these cities coming due over the next five years. Of course, the, the study that we reference out of Wall Street Journal a lot would be the 44% forecast in, re, in value reduction in New York City by 2029. I think University of maybe Columbia had a part in that, but it came from the Wall Street Journal where the information was released. Anyway, anyway, 44% reduction in value on these condo buildings by 2029. You're already seeing in San Francisco and other places, th these investors just walk away from buildings, just hand over the keys on some of these commercial buildings with hundreds of millions of dollars left on the loan. This is going to be something that plays out a lot more over the next 24 36 months. And so I like what the Boston mayor is doing, Michelle Wu. She's trying to get out ahead of this and proposing a property tax break of 75% over a 29-year period to convert these properties into apartments or condos. The question is on this, I've always, I, I have not liked the idea of doing this. And we covered this on a past live stream because it's very, we had the developer in New York City, the story I think was Bloomberg talking about how costly it is to take these commercial buildings and turn them into residential. Um, I don't see in this story from, uh, you know, NBC Boston, I don't see Michelle Wu tying these tax breaks and maybe she is, it just might not be in the story. I don't see it here. Uh, tying that to affordable housing. That's ultimately what we need. And so if you're going to give them a tax break and it's still going to be so expensive to do the conversion that they're going to come out with luxury apartments in a city like Boston, which is unaffordable to 99% of Americans as it is, is that really solving any issues? I don't think that it is. I think you offer a tax break in exchange for affordable housing or a percentage of affordable housing, whatever affordable might mean for a city like Boston. Now, maybe Boston can do this. I don't believe New York City, for example, can do this because New York City 20% of the city's revenue comes from property taxes on office buildings alone. Now, I don't think New York City could give a tax break of up to 75% over a 29-year period for one-fifth of the city's revenue. They're going to be in a tough spot on this if they want to get creative. Apparently, Boston can. They figured out the numbers. Uh, we'll see if more cities try to get ahead of this. And again, incentivize from the top, try to make deals with developers to expand inventory opportunities, which we know that we need more than anything in housing. What we need right now in the near term to help the summer home buyer would be a sinking tenure. We're not getting it yet, uh, but we do finally have a little breakage as of last night. In the over 4% tenure, we're now at 3993. 
Hopefully we can get a little bit more relief out of the 30 year uh, fixed mortgage rate. Yesterday we came in at 7.12 for the first read of the of the week, down a little bit from Friday at 7.14 on the daily survey. Of course, the Freddie Mac 30 year fixed weekly survey last Thursday came in at 6.81. I would expect that to rise once again this week, unfortunately. If you haven't done so already, please join me in BAMX community below where you can become a better agent. I'm doing a live mastermind this Friday. So if you want to take part of that, we have a questionnaire that you fill out before the mastermind so you can get the most out of it. Uh, that's going to be at 2 p.m. Eastern, 11 o'clock Pacific time. You got to be a BAMX member to get into that. The questionnaire is in our private Facebook group and uh, will be emailed to you, obviously, before Friday if you join up today to BAMX. Link is down below. Best deal in real estate to become a better agent by far. Hope you guys have a great Tuesday. We'll have a real word podcast, a new one this week after a week off last week, up at 2 p.m. on the channel. Please make sure you're subscribed. See you tomorrow. Toodaloo.